Welcome to the 17th? 17th. 17th edition of Don't Listen to Us. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. How you doing? I'm good. Yes. This beautiful Sunday morning. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Here on Sunday the Sunshine morning. Coast, we are. I am unreasonably excited over the fact that uh, my friend Susan, my oldest friend Susan, is coming with her beautiful daughter Joanna to uh, to a visit. Come see us it's today. Very. Ex- I'm so excited for you. It's always good to see an old friend. It is. Uh, Susan and I have been friends since college. Uh, the I've only been to uh, th- three weddings, and two of them were mine. <laughs> and my, but my very first and only wedding, not mine, was was Susan, Susan and Glenn's. Uh, Glenn also a, a great old friend from from college. Um, and you guys have heard me talk about Glenn and Susan a million times. How proud I am of their marriage, lasting for almost thirty years now. I think twenty seven years now. Uh, they have two beautiful children, uh, Lucas and Joanna. And I always remember I was the the MC at their reception. I was one of the groomsmen and the uh, the MC at the reception, and I remember after all the formalities of all this stuff. And Susan has a huge uh, Dutch family. She's uh, her family is from from Holland, and Glenn's family is very small. Unfortunately, his dad had passed away many years before. It was just Glenn, his mom, and his Susan, and Glenn's friends, a little little group over in the corner. And then Susan's huge <laughs> Dutch family. It was great. That was a lot of fun. I remember though, after everything was over, Susan. I think had gone up and sat down at the raised dais, you know, where the groomsmen and the and the, mm-hmm. the the bride and groom were all sat. And she was just sitting there, and I just happened to look over and saw her, and she had this beautiful look on her face. And I walked up to her, and I said, Susan, I, she had a beautiful, beautiful uh, white wedding gown. I said, Susan, I've never seen you look so beautiful than you do today. And she looked me right in the eye, and she went, Barb. <laughs> oh, she burped. Love it. I love it. It just cracked me up. <laughs> That's the kind of person Susan is. She does not stand in ceremony. She is not formal. She's not fussy. Her and hopefully her, not hopefully, sorry, her and Glenn have had a wonderful life. They now live, unfortunately, in Toronto now. But uh, yeah, they they just, they just got back from Nova Scotia. Her and Glenn did a drive through New Brunswick, through, sorry, through the Gas Bay of Quebec, New Brunswick, PEI, and then they saved the good part to last to Nova Scotia. Right. And hopefully they had a wonderful time. So we're looking really forward. We've been cooking all day yesterday. You we, you made a, a two lasagnas. Well, we made it together. We did a joint effort. I'm making artisanal bread. Artisanal bread and a delicious dessert. We, no, not only did we make lasagna, we made homemade noodles. Oh, yeah. No, no. The whole thing is from scratch. It's all scratch. Delicious. I'm, I'm making homemade strawberry shortcake with mm-hmm. a homemade pound cake. Yes. Homemade whipped cream. Homemade bread. Homemade bread. And Victor- beer from Victoria. BC. Close enough to homemade. Close enough. I'm never going to make beer. I keep thinking I want to make beer, and then I realize it's a pain in the ass when the liquor store is right there. You know, I know it's cheaper, but I just... uh, Okay. I just don't want to work that hard for beer. uh, Fair enough. (laughs) No, no. You've got to want to do it. You don't want to do it as a chore. No, absolutely. You don't want it to be a chore. I know. I, mean, I know a lot of folks who do. Uh, well, make but then their you own and you got to have your bottles and your big containers yeah, yeah. and uh, you know you do. You've got to have your and you've got to clean your bottles That's out right. That's right. to make sure that it's all your beer is not going to spoil. And, and everyone knows I'm not a very clean guy. So no, and you're not. You're not a Jesus. Really? <laughs> Jesus. No, I can't see you. I thought you would get into the science of it, but. 
Yeah, yeah, I've always thought that too because you can make different kinds of you beer. Can. You can. Know, you can make pilsners and lagers and, and ducks, ales. And, yeah, exactly. But mm-hmm. I just every time I go and do the research on it, I go, I don't want to work to her. Well, then when don't the liquor do store it. is right there. Okay. <laughs> if there was no liquor store around me, maybe I would. Yeah. But and I know it's cheaper, but uh, and it's kind of interesting to go to the liquor store now and look for beer because there's always all these different like the beer section yeah. is kind of interesting kinda cool, and bright fun. and yeah. all the branding and everything yeah. is kind of fun now. Uh, we got a message from our uh, friend who uh, didn't like the language. Oh yes, yes. Uh, I'm still subscribed, listening oh, to the DLTU. Oh, thank you. I've well, not edited my review on iTunes as of yet because I was waiting to see. <laughs> <laughs> if the language would subside over more than one episode, and it has, even though Melissa let one fly, but apologized afterwards. Did I? Love listening to the show and honestly believe the show doesn't need it. No. On another note, it's my opinion that's obvious Sean hasn't had a child of his own from birth onwards. His comments about sending a child to school 12 months out of the year is tough on a kid and the parents. Many of his views, I believe, would be different. If he had one of his own, just my two cents. Keep it up, you two. Keep loving each other and putting each other first in your marriage. And only good things will happen in your future. Blessings to you both. Thank you I very much. I love it. That Thank is absolutely you. sweet. That is so sweet. And he's not wrong that obviously I have not had a child from birth onwards, but I have been a child. And I think part of the problem is how much I actually, even as a, a young kid, enjoyed school. And maybe that's why I think, plus kids don't need a vacation. Maybe parents do, but kids don't need a vacation. And I remember when I was a kid, and this is the wonderful aspect of we bring our own biases to things. When I was a kid, summer, uh, summertime just meant I couldn't do anything. I didn't have any friends. I was was a short, fat kid that everyone picked on. It meant that when I went outside, I would get beaten up. By Torfoin. Tor, if you're out there, asshole. Torfoin beat me up on a daily basis. Mm. Regularly, Tor would beat me up. And then Tor's friends would also beat me up, too. So the only place I was safe was in school. Like, yeah. in the, on the school ground. So that's part of it, too. The other part of it is I liked learning. I really, really enjoyed reading. I love, To this day, I love reading. I loved listening to teachers give me information. I loved asking questions. So I liked school. And I wanted more school. And so that obviously informs my opinions about, I think the kid should, I think, cause I honestly believe it's two wasted months, two yeah, more but, months yeah. that you could be learning stuff. No, but you are learning stuff. You are. Yeah. So you're imposing upon uh, an ex- a child, hmm? your experience. Sure. Yes. And. To me, firstly, for me as a kid, summers were, I loved it because I had so much freedom and on my bike and off we'd go or the beach or whatever. But um, I, and then from a therapist's perspective, I have in all my career seen children leaps and bounds develop and learn because they're away from the structure Mm. of school or they're away from the structure of a daycare situation yep. it's, and it's, it's a lot more free flow and I think that things happen to the brain Possibly, I think yeah. the kids get stuck at school yep. and Rory's not a gregarious child he's very bright yes, he is. but he's not the teachers now comment to say he is asking more questions because yep. he's, he's very shy yep. and he certainly doesn't get beaten up and so I think you know and he says he'll hug me in the morning so I'll go oh mom I'm so glad it's summer vacation yeah. <laughs> like he's very happy <laughs> so yeah, but yes, I um, I agree with our listener. Okay, fair enough. I don't think I don't think any of us are wrong. 
I think it's just different opinions. Oh, no, no. It's not a right or wrong. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, an update from Mr. Heartbroken. I love getting these updates from people. Thank you very oh. much for sending emails. As always, emails to dltu at yml.me. Hello, Sean, Melissa, and the Don't Listen to Us audience. Mr. Heartbroken says, I just wanted to let us let you know at the time of this episode, I will be heading to Florida to visit my friend for the weekend. Thank you for all your advice suggestions. I'm going to give her something called distance bracelets, hoping she will accept it at accept it at least as a platonic gesture. Any other final suggestions, words of wisdom, encouragement you have for me? As I'll be out there for the weekend, I'll write to let you know how Friday and Saturday have went. Well, well, any other additional advice? Well, I don't know what words he's going to use when he presents this lovely distant bracelet My to advice would be to accept whatever happens. Be open to however she is going to receive your words and your bracelet. Do not go in with a preconceived notion or hope of how you want the situation to go. Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons why I've always enjoyed first dates so much mm-hmm. is I have no expectations. Mm-hmm. I don't think, oh, well, I kiss her at the end. Will we have sex? Will will something happen? I have zero expectations. Mm-hmm. You go in with a completely clean slate. And Mr. Heartbroken, same thing. Go in with a completely clear slate. I'm doing this with a friend, and I will accept it. Whatever she says, I will accept from the position of certainly – I got to believe she has, she has feelings for you, whether it's love in that sense or platonic or not, whatever, except whatever she says. Don't get upset by it. Don't, don't uh, believe that she's wrong or anything along those lines. Just let her be her and accept whatever she says. Well, that's lovely. I think so. Yes. Not so lovely. We, I've said many times that you and I have these wonderful conversations in bed in the evenings and first thing in the morning. We'll mm. lie in bed as long as we can just talking about stuff. Except for last Friday. Last Friday. Oh my gosh, what happened This is not Friday? the kind of thing that you want to hear from your wife first thing in the morning. Because, you know, you're just not ready for this kind of conversation. And I, I just want to make it clear that, that Melissa and I are both, you know, open-minded individuals. But, you know, this is a little different. And, and I wanted to work it out with you folks live here on the show because that's the kind of idiot I am. <laughs> so first thing in the morning, again, this is seven o'clock in the morning. My wife says to me, we need to see other people. And I'm like, what oh. oh my God, that's right. <laughs> Did I say that at seven o'clock in the morning? I think we should see other people. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. In the next nanosecond, I go through eight million conversations. Oh. Of, oh. Well, she's not happy. Why oh, would I'm you so- want this? Who, we see? <laughs> Who would I see? A- Who would she see? Maybe I could. Maybe I couldn't. Ah! <laughs> Tell the audience what you meant by that. Oh, no, I I was just, um, well, I mean, I have a tendency to uh, go into my own little hibernation from people and, and, and community and getting out there. People make me tired, <laughs> even though I love them. I mean, I have wonderful friends and, uh, and, and people love me and I love, I love them in the moment. And Sean is, has a tendency, I think, to be the same. And so I... Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, I don't mean about the love people. I mean staying away from people. Oh, God, yes. Not seeking I, I, out people. I actively hate people. Yes, Sean doesn't like people, so he doesn't actively seek them out either. And, you know, when you hear all this 
uh, stuff about, um, you know, connection with people and sharing joy is yep. good for the health and yep. blah, blah. So that in my thought, I was thinking, mm, do you think we should? I think we should see more people, make more friends, and, and yes. socially, and go and be more social. Yes, That's right. what I meant in the moment. Yeah. Now, now I, I want to make it clear uh, that I am a confirmed enjoyable misanthrope. Yes, I don't like people. No, people generally piss me off. They they disappoint me on a regular basis. They're stupid. The, the average person I've met in my life is all of those things. And I mean that with all sincerity. I really, really dislike the vast majority of people on this planet. When I'm riding my motorcycle, people piss me off. When I'm in a store and someone talks to me, say, why are you talking to me? Well, I'm a big bad man. Go away. I think that's part of it too. Is that is I'm, I'm trying to portray this big tough guy image. And you talk to me, it means I'm not doing it properly. Really? You've no, never I'm told me. Oh, teasing, God. Teasing, I was going to say. I've never said that before. But... Generally, I don't like dealing with other people. I really, really don't. It, it, people find that funny because of what I do and talking and that kind of stuff. The, the best part is, I remember a, a friend said at Macworld Expo one year, he said, Sean, I really like hanging out with you. Um, okay, dude. You know, I'm like, I'm, <laughs> like whatever. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. He said, because I've heard you say these things about not liking people. And what that means is that if you let me hang out with you, it means you like me. Yes. Because you wouldn't let me hang out if you didn't like me. Yes. And that, that's true. I have actively told people, go away. Yes. I've been in groups of people at Macworld Expo, and there's one person that's annoying me, and I will look him in the eye and go, you have to leave. Yes. You're pissing me off. Not many people would do that. And that's interesting, too, because if it's a tolerance issue, I guess, but part of it is that I firmly believe that life is too short, too important for me to put up with your bullshit. You know what I mean? If you're an annoying person, I don't want you anywhere near me. I don't want, I don't want to have to deal with your being annoying. I'd rather make you go away so you know I'm no longer being annoyed by you or I will leave so I'm no longer being annoyed by you. I don't want to be in a social situation where I'm sitting around trying to manage my annoyance at you. Trying not to, not to show it or whatever. No, 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 no. I can't be bothered. I cannot be bothered. So it's, and I've told this to people, it's, it's nice. So what that means is if I'm talking to you, it means I like you. You mm -hmm. don't ever have to worry about, does Sean like me or not? Is he's talking to me just because he has to? Is he doing these things because he's being forced to or whatever? Mm -hmm. If I am, it means I honest to God like you. Very authentic. Because if I didn't, I wouldn't talk to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's different though, if I think about my career, yes. et cetera. Sometimes you have to, sure, because they're your colleagues or you're associated with them through what you do, and you have to be very. That you use a lot of finesse, and you're. But but what what I what I would say to that is that yes, per, when I do things professionally, I can talk to people that annoy me professionally on yeah. the podcast, interviews, uh, that kind of stuff. I'm talking yes. friendship wise, social yes. wise. Okay, yeah. Now the other, getting back to the beginning of this, we need to see other people. Um, we're we're a little bit little bit isolated here because of where we live in Gibson's. There's not that many people. It's a town of six thousand. I have lots of friends online, so I don't feel the need to go out and find physical friends. And to be perfectly honest, I can't afford physical friends. 
No, I can't afford to go to a restaurant and uh, two nights out of a week and, and chat with friends. I can't afford to go to the pub and spend 50 bucks on beers while, while I chat with a friend. No. And so I have no interest or, or energy to want to go and do that. And as you get older, it honestly gets harder to make friends, especially for someone like me who doesn't work in an office. Yes, you know, well, you I don't d- get that social yeah, you know, connection if, in an office. Nine to five, you go in and there's Jim and accounting. I really like Jim and accounting. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jim. You always have a laugh. Yeah, how about, how about you, to... and your, you and your wife come uh, come to the pub to uh, with me and my wife for dinner time? That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I, I'm certainly never, I'm just not the person to see someone in the grocery store and going, I like the look of this guy's face, I'm going to talk to him. You know, I, I would never do that. Mm-hmm. And the other aspect of it is, and this is utterly, completely selfish on both our parts. We really like hanging out with each other. Yeah. I don't want to share my wife with other people. I don't want to have to sit there and not have her attention be on me 24-7. Mm-hmm. As selfish as that sounds, it's kind of true, too. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to give her all of my attention I know. as well, too. Yeah, I know. Because we, 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 we get along so well. We have so much fun together. We enjoy our lives with each other so much that... Yeah, there's there's no impetus to go and find other people there to isn't. bring into the and group. And I, I, uh, I sometimes, well, I just in that, so in that moment when I said that in the very wrong way <laughs> that I should have said, maybe we should socialize more. Socialize so is the right word. It just came out so wrong. And uh, Sean's eyes started flittering and he said, you better explain yourself completely and within the next 10 seconds. <laughs> Such a and then weird I real- thing at seven <laughs> in the morning. Realize, oh shit! Yeah, that's what that sounded like. That's a weird but thing also, um, in, in this town, I mean, I even go out and think, oh, how many people am I going to see it's that so I know? Funny. It's so funny. And, but it's not like people corner you yeah. here. It's like, hey, Melissa, and then I introduce Sean. Well, if I don't introduce him, he gets mad at of me. Of course. Um, but there's always people to connect with out and about, no. and that's enough for me. I come home and go, oh, my God, I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go without food because she doesn't want to go to the supermarket. I like, oh, no, please. She, she's like, here, have a cracker. <laughs> I don't going, want to go to the store and see five st- people I know. <laughs> that's right. I'm going to the store again. <laughs> and this, it, um, for those folks who have been following me or listening to me for a while or listening to this, this show or my other podcast, Melissa and I, we had our very first, our, our first anniversary of us meeting mm-hmm. was July 4th here in Gibson. She very kindly, I was living in Vancouver and she said, I'll meet you for a coffee and, and we've been together ever since and it's been fantastic. <laughs> but it's been just over a year. So we're still learning little things about each other. We know the big things. You know, I know how you feel about the important issues of the day, mm-hmm. but there are little things that I'm still learning oh, about. Oh, all you. the time. And some of those little things are a little disturbing. Oh, oh, shit. You have told me that you hate Curious George. What is wrong with you? How can you hate Curious George? I never can, liked Curious George. I endured <laughs> Curious George for my children. Oh, no, they weren't that fast. Didn't, I, didn't the, you have Curious George when you were a kid? No. They, wasn't, he wasn't part of Australian No, it wasn't part of my culture. upbringing. Well, doesn't he live in New York? Yes. With his, yeah, no, yes. no, no, with no. With the man in the yellow hat. Yep, no, no. And That's I can't weird. stand it. I can't, and I had the collection. Somebody bought the collection. Sure, because you're a kid. For Damon, when he was a beautiful book. I mean, I'd yeah. never get, ri- or get rid of the book. Or, I mean, I read them, yep. but I hated it. So <laughs> no, I don't like Curious George. I, just something about it would just... <laughs> 
I just found it just, no, didn't like it. That's such a weird thing to hate. Well, should I tell people that you love Teletubbies, dude? I, I, I've stood up in, in groups of people and said I love okay. Teletubbies. Teletubbies so you, fascinate me. You love Teletubbies? Yes, but I can explain why I love Teletubbies. You can't explain why you hate Curious George. Because he just, I didn't find him interesting. I, I Nothing about it. I didn't even like the illustration. I didn't like the animation. Nothing. Yeah. No. Sorry. But in general, okay, so now you also dislike monkeys. Is that because of Curious George, or did you dislike monkeys before? No. No, I mean, I love, I, I do like monkeys. Um, it's not, no, no, it's not really related. Okay. It's just from traveling, and some big monkeys are really scary. Sure. It's not that you, I would ever hurt a monkey. You've, you've traveled in India. And yeah, and I didn't, some of them were really quite scary. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, no, no. Curious George has no influence over my feeling about monkeys. It's just so odd. It's like saying you hate Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't hate Oh, I know, but I mean, that's oh, what I'm saying. Oh, I don't even compare no, them. No, no, no. I'm just saying it's a, it's a beloved children's institution. Every child in North Not America, in Australia. Every child in North America gets Dr. Seuss and Curious George books. Yeah. You know, no, we and, got Dr. Seuss. Babar the Bear. Sorry, Babar, no, Babar the, Elephant. the Elephant. No, I liked Babar. Berenstein Bears. You know, those are things that are passed down. Every Berenstein child. Berenstein Bears. Mm, no? Yeah. I read them. You don't like had them? To watch. Not great. No, no. I loved things in my childhood. Fred Flintstone, the sure. Jetsons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the Jetsons. Never Curious George. Curious George was never on our television in Australia growing up. Is Curious George a cartoon? An uh, animated cartoon? Yes. They oh, have really? It on, they, they have it on as a... As oh, I didn't know animated that. show. I didn't know that. It's always been a book to me. It's always yeah. been an animated book. Nope. Never read it as a child and was an ardent reader as a child. Another thing you hate... Goodness. Which we all hate. Oh. Brown envelopes, the windows. Oh, yes. I don't know, but I mean, in America. Like those. Yeah. Do they have them in, 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 in the UK, the brown envelopes? Or sorry, in, in Australia? Australia? I right? don't know. Because I was. I Here in know. Canada, Ugh. nothing good comes in a brown envelope that's got a window in no. it. No. Although it did for my son the True, other day. He got lucky. a check. But generally, those are from the government or mm -hmm. banks or bill collectors or mm -hmm. never good things come in those. No, no envelopes with windows. With windows. <laughs> Especially brown ones. Pooey brown ones. <laughs> I wonder why they, they chose pooey brown. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, you know, it's like it's a like, disease brown. It's so distinct, isn't it? Really it really is. Oh, and you see those and, and you're just like, oh, you no. Go, oh, I don't want to check the mail anymore. It's mm. a known fact, though, that if you don't open it, you're not going to pay it. It's the act of opening that envelope that makes you pay it. If you just leave it on your desk, you, 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 don't, you don't have to pay it. Oh, you didn't know that, did you? No, I didn't. It's not true. <laughs> Don't They'll just send you another one. Exactly, over and over and over again. <laughs> um, oh, what was I going to say? There's another uh, another email. I, I hate washing my hair. That's okay. That's understandable. Uh, I love the story of this um, uh, proving inmate drug swap places with his twin brother because he wanted to see his mom. <laughs> Oh, I haven't heard what 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 an what, inmate what? at a prison in Peru drugged his identical brother, changed into his clothing, walked out of the facility, leaving his brother behind bars. Oh, <laughs> and uh, Alexander Delgado was serving sixteen-year-old sentence for robbery when his brother Giancarlo visited him. Alexander met his twin in a common area, brought him into his cell, which is weird. Yeah, I was just going to say, how did this happen? Where he offered his sibling a sedative laced soda. Okay, where did he get the sedatives? Ooh, well. Alexander then traded clothing and swapped place with his passed out sibling in a brazen escape. 
Giancarlo woke up several hours later, told security guards what had happened. Security guards went, what? I'm like, yeah, come they on. confirmed his identity using his fingerprints. <gasps> but Giancarlo told a local television station that he still loves his brother. It's unclear whether he forgives him or not. <laughs> and it was just to see the mom. Why didn't the mom go see him in jail? Inmate told authorities he devised the scheme because I was desperate to see my mother. He's expected to be sent to a maximum security prison uh. in the Southern Highlands. He was detained, investigated suspicion of having aided his twin in his escape. He was not charged and was released. Can you? Uh. How pissed off would you be at your brother? Oh, my God. First wake all, up in dr- jail. First of all, to drug you, yeah. you jerk. Yeah. And secondly, you wake up in, in prison clothes in jail. In jail. That's really disturbing. I wonder what? if his mother's ill or what? something. What a jerk of a brother you've got, dude. This is... um. We've been talking about this on Your Mac Life, but now it's it's blown up even even more. This whole story of the Twitter storm of this woman tweeting this budding new relationship on the plane. And now the woman involved, who was being tweeted about, has written, without my knowledge or consent, other passengers photographed me and recorded my conversation with a seatmate. They posted images and recordings of social media and speculated unfairly about my private conduct. Since then, my personal information has been widely distributed online. Strangers publicly discussed my private life based on false information. She has been doxxed, shamed, and insulted. This is a really interesting story. Uh, She says, uh, voyeurs have come looking for me online and in the real world. I did not ask for and did not seek attention. Plain Bay, which is the the uh, hashtag on Twitter, is not a romance. It's a digital age cautionary tale about um, how we deal with identity, ethics, and consent. Very much so. And I have said, I think publicly, certainly to you, that I admit I might have done something similar. Because it was a, in the moment, it's a cute story. That you give up your so the, what happened was this this woman and her boyfriend get on a flight. They find they're on diff, in different seats. They ask uh, the man in one of the seats if he would mind swapping seats with the boyfriend, and so the boyfriend and girlfriend can sit together. The man says fine. He moves into the the new seat. Turns out he's now sitting next to a very attractive young woman, and they strike up a conversation like you do. You're on a plane for four hours. There's a pretty girl next to you. I'm going to talk to her. Yeah. Right? And the conversation goes quite well. The woman, the original woman, the, the girlfriend, notices the conversation is going quite well. And because she's bored on a plane, starts taking pictures. He blocks their faces up, but takes pictures and tweets the conversation. She can hear the conversation. And she starts tweeting this. It seemed innocent. I can see it would seem innocent in the moment. The problem is the internet. The internet is full of a-holes. And she not only did uh, the, the, the girlfriend encourage people to find out who these two people were, but the internet took it too far, as it often does. And men took it too far, as they often do. The guy in this situation, hey, player, high five, fist bump, you're doing good, man. The woman is a skank and a slut and a whore and all the other awful things that men call women. So it's been a lot worse for the woman in this situation. The other thing aspect of it is the girlfriend, the original girlfriend who took these pictures and the tweets, handled this completely wrong. She started angling for jobs and screenplay writing. And if you send me plane tickets, we'll find your romance. She tried to make money off of this. That's a whole different aspect of it. 
but it's a very interesting thing and something I'm going to start working into my conversations about photography. When we go to Lisbon, we'll have a, we'll have a chat about this kind of, these kinds of privacy and security issues. Basically what I will tell people is if you're in a private area, don't broadcast private things without permission. And people say, well, it's not, it's a plane. It's not private. It in fact is. If that space is owned by somebody else, that's private space. So think of it that way. If you're in a pub, it's only, unless you own the pub, it's a private space. If you're in Starbucks, do you own the Starbucks? No, private space. Now, if you're on the street, that's different. You have no expectation of privacy when you're walking on the street. If this same situation had happened on a street corner, I'd have less of a problem with it. If you just happened to be walking down the street in the same, not following, obviously, but in the same direction as these people, less of a problem. Because I've taken pictures of handsome men, pretty women on street corners and post them on the internet without any issues whatsoever. And it's different. It's different. So keep that in mind. If it's private, if you're in a private space, do not broadcast private things. No. But it's a really interesting See, you, aspect you, you say that the internet is the problem in this and I disagree. I yeah. think it's the woman that did it in the first place that is the problem. She is definitely, definitely has a huge part to blame. It is. It, she is the reason why this has happened. And it's so wrong. Yep. I mean, and I'm not a Twitter person, but I find that there's too much liberty taken instantaneously without any thought mm -hmm. on Twitter. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely and I, I, that. I think Twitter. Not anyway, just Twitter, but Instagram, Facebook, all, all social of it. Media. Yeah. So, think before we do things, folks. Yeah, but human beings are naturally impulsive yep. if they feel safe themselves. I don't like it at all. Florida. Why do all these stories happen in Florida? Earl Stevens, 69 years old, was arrested two weeks ago for driving his, grand, his Mercury Grand Marquis while under the influence. Uh, he's now free on $1,500 bond. He was na nabbed after a driver called 911. Report that Stevens' car repeatedly tapped her bumper while they were in a McDonald's drive-through lane. When a sheriff's deputy contacted Stevens, he reeked of alcohol, was slurring his words, had red, glassy eyes. On the passenger seat was a bottle of Jim Beam, from which Stevens admitted he'd been drinking. Asked if he was drinking in the car, Stevens replied, "No." He then explained he was enjoying the bourbon at stop signs. <laughs> he wasn't driving and drinking. He was stopped and he drinking. Stopped and drinking. <laughs> this idiot somehow thought there was a difference between the car moving forward and drinking and the car being stopped and drinking and then moving How, forward. Did you say he was 69? 69. Mm. Mm. And obviously dumber than a stump. Yeah, yeah. No, officer, I wasn't drinking and driving. <laughs> I was drinking while I was stopped. When I was driving, I put the booze away. <laughs> wow. Okay. So rephrase. <laughs> That's right. Oh my god. Which is why. Oh my goodness. I like the thing that we have here in I think Canada, certainly in British Columbia, open carry. Oh yeah. You cannot no. have any open alcohol in the passenger section of a vehicle. No, you can't. It's got to be in the trunk. And when I say open, I don't mean the the beer bottle cap is off. I mean if you've got a case of beer and the case is open, yeah. even if there's still twelve beer in there. Yeah, they can pull you over. They'll pull you over, and as I know from experience, the cops will pour the beer out. Ooh, assholes! Oh, that hurts so much. Hurt, oh, jeez. Well, it's 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 good and bad. We were eighteen. We were underage. Cop pulls us over. We had the beer. We had a trunk full of beer. <laughs> and we had more beer in the back seat because we were going to a party. Oh. And at that age, I looked 
much older than 18. Mm -hmm. So I was the guy that people would literally hire to go to liquor stores and get them beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was in the days when they didn't ask everyone, not everyone, but most people for ID. Um, I looked 19 years old. It's a drinking age here in Canada. And so they were okay with that. They didn't seem to see any suspicion of me pushing a shopping cart full of beer. <laughs> we have like 40 cases of beer in this, right? And I would run, I'd, literally on Friday afternoon, friends would start, start Did calling. Did you get going, paid? Oh, hell paid yeah. For it, yeah. Yes. it can be pretty lucrative. It really my, son, my son would do it for kids. <laughs> well, no. Girls. It, He'd do it, it for pretty girls. girls. Yeah. So, and so then I'd get in the car. We'd put stuff in the trunk. It all didn't fit in the trunk. Put in the back seat. Off we go driving. Cops pull us over. You guys are underage. Now, they can't say anything about the stuff in the trunk because you could say, I didn't know it was there. This is my dad's car. I didn't know the beer was there. That's a legal dodge. But the stuff in the back seat, the cop literally opened up every single bottle of beer, made us wait. While you sat there while and watched sat him there do it. And almost crying. And she poured out like five, six cases of beer. Cheap beer, I would imagine. Well, of course it was cheap beer. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> But, but, he didn't arrest us, throw us in jail like he could have. Underage drinking, you know, all that kind of stuff. He could have, he, he, he could have been a complete dick. He was just an average dick. And I have no problem with that. No, no, he was making a point, so. This is kind of scary with all this bullshit going on down in the U.S. With all this immigration crap going on down in the U.S., this mom said she had a handmade cell moment having to prove her daughter was her child. Where was she? Nearly 10 hours of flying. Uh, Sydney Acosta was exhausted. Uh, Customs, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. Her daughter, Sibonet. Uh, Siobhan. Is it Siobhan or Sibonet? S-Y-B-O-N-A-I. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um. The 50-year-old mother found herself fighting to prove that her 15-year-old daughter was indeed her child. Her name's Sylvia Acosta. Her daughter's name is Sibonet Castillo. Customs pull them over and then interrogate mom and say, who is this person? That's my daughter. Well, prove it. Can you? If the police pull you over, can you prove that Rory Berryman is your son? Well, that, Rory, you're not, that you're not kidnapping him? Rory would say... Sure, but, mom's my mom. That's, but 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 you told the kid that you say this or I'll kill you. So you can't you can't rely on what the kid says. Could you prove it? Right there in the moment. In the moment, yeah. no, no, nobody could. No one, no one travels like that. No, they'd have to escort me back to my home so I could show them his birth certificate, which I have, and all that stuff. <clears throat> Customs and Border Protection Agency um, looked up from the documents. He was like, are you her mother? I said, yes. And then he asked, why don't you have the same last name? What an oh, idiotic thing to God, say nowadays. It's 21st century, dude. No shit. That hmm. just, I mean, maybe in the 20s and 30s you could ask that stupid question. But now, no. There's all kinds of people who, in, in, the, in this case, um, she, Acosta, who has a doctor degree and chose to keep a professional name. Mm -hmm. That's why. Mm -hmm. But half of the kids out there now are children are divorced mm -hmm. and are going to have a different last name than mm -hmm. their other siblings, let alone their mom. Mm -hmm. What an idiotic So what thing gave to him say. cause to ask this? You've got a 15-year-old girl happily standing by her mother. Yes, and both of them are brown. 
Well, that's what well, you can tell by their names, yep. not meaning to assume, but see, see the free reign, see what ha- is happening. They're full of fear and all this bullshit comes out of yeah. it. It's an awful, awful story. These two folks just, you know, trying to get back home to, to, <sighs> I don't know if we talked with this, but this, this set me off on Twitter. This is why you should follow me on Twitter because you get to see these little micro rants, these little, little, little. Rant bombs. And, Why and would drop. I want to do that? Why do I need to see rant bombs? Because I'm entertaining. I have my. I'm. I, <laughs> I do my own. And like, oh, today I get to look on Twitter and see Sean's rant bombs. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just. You'll tell me about them anyway if they get really, really under your skin. Wow. That was just cold. That was just cold-hearted. Yeah, what, what's, what's, what's this rant bomb? Lifehacker you... posts this on Twitter. How NPR's Guy Raz creates and hosts three podcasts while raising two kids. Oh, yes. You told me about this one. Would you do Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? He's a prima donna. If he allowed that, is it like an article? Yeah, that... Oh, yeah. No, there's a whole article like, on this guy. read about me while I do all my podcasts and I raise my children with my... Oh, did you tell me look, he had look, a part-time look. nanny? Yes! Oh, yeah. Well, that just makes me want to puke. It really does. It's like this stuff with Vanessa Williams, uh, the beautiful tennis player. Ten months yeah, ago, she yeah. has a baby. Yep. And there's all this, you know, she's just a powerhouse, amazing woman. Yep, but, she is. But, uh, you know, there's so much judgment on her. Yeah. And I think there was somewhere it was compared to Federoff. Like, how many children does he have? Is yeah. it talked about? That's is right, it exactly. mentioned? That's right. Yeah, yep. that it might affect his game or whatever. It just like stop, stop. So this guy's in Washington D.C. Uh, he's the creator and host of three NPR podcasts. Um, What's NPR? Is uh, that National Public Radio. It's our version oh, of CBC. I see. Um, Raz, uh, uh, here's how he parents. And there's this whole freaking multi-question article about how he manages in the suburbs of Washington D.C. to parent. And do three podcasts. Are oh you my shitting God. me? No. I can't believe someone would even think that that warranted writing I've about- been a podcast for 25 years, and I would never say this was a job. You sit in front of a computer and talk into a microphone. Mm. Okay? Mm. I don't... There's no strenuous effort to this whatsoever, except I might get a hangnail every now and then. Mm. And is he married? Yes, he's married. Oh, so he has a wife Who- that's also taking care of the children. Take us through your morning routine. What are your best tricks for getting out the door? Oh, my God. My wife, we wake by 5.30 a.m. My wife does her yoga. I drink a tall glass of water and then check email. At 6.30, I start making breakfast for the boys. (laughs) (laughs) It just gets worse. It just gets worse. I rustle the boys out of bed. They're slow eaters. By 7.45, they're on their way to school. So from 7.45 to 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he's Free doing guy. nothing. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is that he does. He's, he's, he's a podcaster. He's doing nothing. Okay. As a podcaster, I can tell you he's doing nothing. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, but you and many, many, many millions of other women. My mother raised four kids and had a full-time freaking job as a nurse's assistant. Not a freaking podcaster. Mm-hmm. She I know. Ass off. I know families that have children in wheelchairs that are 
tube fed that need to be completely cared for that get their kids up and they get them off to daycare and they, where's their interview oh my god i mean you wouldn't i know multitudes of families that i wonder how on earth do they get up in the mornings and get it happening and they do and they do it with grace and style we have a part-time nanny who helps the school pick up oh and looking after the boys while we were at work wow she's an incredible person who also helps us with dinner prep Shit. What, what, why? And somehow this guy is special for doing what a father is supposed to do. There's nothing special about him. He's actually very blessed. He's very lucky. He he's, I'll bet he's one of those guys that, that thinks taking care of his kids is babysitting. I Oh, I hate when men say that. Yeah. It makes me insane. I babysat my kids. Yeah. What, yeah. what, hey, you want to go? You want to go to the ball game on Saturday? No, I got to babysit my kids. You're not babysitting; you're parenting. <laughs> exactly. There's less and less of that nowadays. I think. I think men are. It's it's more of a I'm being a dad with my kids kind of thing. Has becoming a parent changed the way you work? One hundred percent. I have no choice but to be as efficient as I can to squeeze in as much work. You're a podcaster. <laughs> just it just pisses me off so much to hear men. Lauded in this way mm-hmm. over doing this mean, this idiotic work. Podcasting mm-hmm. is not a freaking job, okay? It may take up a lot of your time, but it ain't a job like your mother had, like my mother had, like our fathers had. That's right. My father was in the goddamn Navy. My father was in the Navy for 35 years. He drove an hour to Halifax every day when we lived in the farm. He drove. He got up literally at the crack of dawn, did whatever farm work had to be done on the farm, drove to Halifax for an hour, mm-hmm. put in a full job in the Navy. Mm-hmm. As a, I don't know what Dad did. He was a, he was a, he was a, he was a chief, uh, chief warrant officer, cop. He was the uh, chief of the boat. Drove back an hour and then did and more then farm farmed. work. Yep. I came home from school. I was exhausted, lying in the couch. My dad was like, "Time to get up and do something." I was like, "Oh, yeah, 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 yeah." So dad, my father never got a freaking interview. Yeah. Well, this is the to me. This represents, um, you know, those articles that you've told me about now that millennials and people that young people that don't like to touch meat and all these prima donna kind of kind of attitude. Like, look, look, we do it. You know, we try our hardest. It, It it it's just comparing. Like I think of my mother too. I mean, we were latchkey. Yeah. We came home. Mum wasn't there. Yep. My brother and I had to often get our own food. We had to get our homework going. We had to do the housework. Yep. Yeah. yeah do, do, she wasn't there until she finished work. Do not give props to guys who do this kind of stuff. This is just utterly Who ridiculous. wrote it, may I ask? Oh, it's a website called Lifehacker. Unless yeah. you've done a thousand interviews before this with women, you can't interview a guy about, about this stuff. You can't. Especially a guy who does a job like freaking podcasting. Yeah. And two kids with a nanny. Yeah. And, a, and he's got a wife. He's no single guy. When I wrote uh, this uh, tweet, I, I wrote, uh, that sound you hear is every working mother rolling their heads and their eyes in their head like a slot machine. No. And I had a bunch of friends pop up and say the same sort of thing. Yeah, where's my mother's interview? You know, mm-hmm. all, all that kind of stuff. It's just unbelievable, unbelievably offensive that these people would... Would, it is offensive. Would think this is worthy of an interview. He should have said, no, don't interview me. He, I was going to say, he sounds very conceited to have allowed this to happen. Yep, exactly. Oh, I want, I want people to, to be proud of me and, and all the work I do with raising my two kids while I do a podcast. It's just fluff. For do you normally like, like Lifehacker? Uh, it's it's one, of the web, one of the million websites that I, I check every day. Um. <laughs> this is a funny tweet. My mother-in-law found a hotel room for 115 bucks 
and she called to negotiate down to 103. This is a generational thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, if you told me a room was 103 bucks, but for 12 bucks I could book it without talking to anybody, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Isn't that funny yeah. how that a whole different thing? Yeah, well, that meant a lot to her. For 12 extra bucks, I don't have to talk to people? Yeah. Yes, I'll, I'll pay you $12 I to yeah. book it online. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that is. I think it's very, very strange <laughs> that we, we are so non-social now mm-hmm. that for 12 bucks, yes, for 12 bucks, I will, I will pay you an extra 12 bucks so I don't have to talk to you. Yeah. That's a shame. Well, Speaking what that... as the guy who's a misanthrope, which is kind yes. of funny. Well, what's the Google, what's the, the little bot voice now that will make your appointments for you? Yeah, the Google Assistant. Yeah, and I was thinking, why would you do that? Like, that is so ridiculous. And then the other day, I think I was going to have to make a call, and I said to you, oh, my God, I think I would make use of that, <laughs> of that, because I didn't want to talk to anyone. Another tweet I found by a guy named Matthew Dowd. If a hateful person makes you hate, they win. If a bully makes you bully, they win. If a vulgar person makes you vulgar, they win. Let us meet hate with love. Let us meet bullying with an embrace. Let us meet vulgarity with civility. This is how our country and world win. Just go kill yourself, you pompous <laughs> twat. This is not the way the world works. Okay? I'm sorry. No. It simply is not. No. For some people, and this is, I, can, I don't know this guy, I don't know anything about this guy, but I guarantee you he's an upper middle class white guy. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Because this is not the way it worked in my world, not the way it probably worked in, in most women's world. No. Oh, no. You don't meet vulgarity with sweetness. Oh, no. If a man is vulgar to you no. walking down the street, what do you do? You either ignore him or flip him off. Oh, yeah. 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 And I'm sorry, I'm more than happy to get down in the dirt with people. I, mm. I've been there longer than you have, and I can dig deeper than you can. And, and it doesn't affect me. I think that's part of the problem is that people think, you know, all this anger, all this anger will, will, will harden your heart and make No, I'm used to it. I'm good with it. I can manage it. I'm okay with my <laughs> You should talk about I that more. Like, yes. Do you talk about that more? About? That you're okay with your anger. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think, think a lot of guys, especially, and women too, yep. I'm not going to say it's just a guy thing. What's the matter with that, maybe? Is that if that you choose to channel it that way and you choose to embrace anger and, and facing these things with anger? Why not? Well, one of the things is that we, t- I think it, it depends on how you manage or deal with the anger. So, for a lot of folks, because of society, because of how they're brought up, whatever it might be, they get angry at something or someone and then they internalize it. Oh, yes. And that's what creates the anxiety and the angst and mm-hmm. the and the resentment and that kind of stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. for me, if I'm angry at you, I'm just going to tell you I'm angry at you. Mm-hmm. And boom, we're done. Mm-hmm. I'm angry. I've released it. It's healthier. In whichever way, as in, when I was younger, they would get released by me beating you up. I ain't doing that no more. But now, at least if I get angry, I can say that I'm angry in this moment. And then once I'm done saying it, generally it's over within X period of time, I don't hold on to it for months or or years or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. The, the the sometimes uh, I will admit that that and I don't know if this is the same thing, but I can hold a grudge longer than than a Middle Eastern prince mm. because I can I'm I'm angry at my parents, all four or five of them, all the idiots that raised me. I'm angry at my siblings for various, but I'm okay with that. That yeah. anger doesn't cause angst. So you're okay with it. You, I'm okay. You with really it. are. Yeah, I'm. I'm okay with 
with uh, vulgarity. I'm okay with bullying. I used to be a bully when I was when I was much younger. I'm okay with dealing with your anger because I know I can deal with your anger in the way that I want to and not the way you want me to. Whether that anger be in a bar when I was younger and getting into bar fights, I, I dealt with anger, your anger and mine quite well. I think it's because I don't internalize the anger. I don't, I don't let the anger f- fester my soul over time. I recognize it and let it be what it is without it infesting me, without it... it, it you uh, could do a whole thing on anger, yeah, anger therapy. If I understood it more, if I understood the, why I act that way more, maybe I could. And a lot of people are going to say, oh, that's just a front word. It, is. it really isn't. No, I think I can vouch for it, folks. I'm vouching for what he's saying. He's saying the truth. I just there's a lot of the times where this let us meet hate with love stuff, as wonderful as as it is, it for a certain group of people it doesn't work. And we know who these guys are talking about now, mm-hmm. right? As much as I, you know, the the there's a whole big thing on on Twitter about how there was. Six six months ago, eight months ago, there was this thing about punching Nazis. You shouldn't punch Nazis in the face. No, I'm sorry. Screw you. If I if someone walks up to me and says I'm a Nazi, I'm going to punch you in the face. All right. If if I actually believe that if you're wearing little little swastika and you're marching with your hand held up in the air, I'm going to punch you in the face. Meeting your hate with love ain't going to do shit. It's not going to do a damn thing. Your mind is not going to be changed. Even me punching you in the face is going to change your mind. But I'll feel better. Yeah. Now maybe maybe you personally, wonderful, sweet, kind Melissa, you'd want to meet his his hate with love, and that's fine for you. I'm just saying it doesn't work for everyone. No, it doesn't work for everyone. It just reminds me of that famous Life magazine photograph of the young man putting flowers in the barrels of the guns. But that wasn't hate. I don't think the young man hated those National Guard people. He was putting flowers in their guns. He wasn't hating them. Yeah, he, he was he, trying to say hey. Yeah. Oh no, that wasn't to do with hate. That was to do with love. But I've always said. I deal with you the way you deal with me. I approach you the way you approach me. If you approach me with, with kindness and, and interest and respect, you get it back. If you come at me with hate, anger, you're getting more than you ever expected. You're going to get it back tenfold because I'm better well, at it than you are. there's many aspects of it that make it more natural for you. You're a man. Yes, true. That's absolutely true. You're I'm a, a big, big guy. man. Who's had martial arts training? Who and I and I can't even imagine. Who used to be a professional fighter? Yeah, um, you have a big voice. You so the whole the whole thing around it is very very different. For I you. have the confidence that I know I can take care of myself. Yeah, so, yeah you're so absolutely right. being a little woman, yep. speaking for myself, yep. not saying I don't know little tough women because oh, sure. I do. Yeah. But it, you just you, you don't tend to go to those strategies very very easily. Yes, I will definitely admit that it's easier for me to have that strategy because of who I am physically, yes, yes. and mentally and emotionally. I know I can take care of myself the vast majority of times, and anything bad's going to exactly, happen. exactly. So yeah, I'm not. That's why I say this isn't for everyone. I'm not saying that you know small people who have no experience in anger or fighting should punch Nazis in the face. No, no. But if you're a big guy. Or a big woman, or you're tough, or you're strong, mm-hmm. male or female, mm-hmm. punch a Nazi in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll feel better. I guarantee you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's something I've always told people too. If you get a chance to, if you want a great workout, you want to, you you want to, you want to get in shape and lose some weight, go to your local gym and take kickboxing classes. Mm-hmm. 
or take boxing lessons. Mm -hmm. It's fun. It's a whole different kind of exercise than just lifting weights or running on a treadmill. Mm -hmm. Use muscles that you didn't know you use. You'll be sore for days afterwards. Mm -hmm. But there's also this aspect of punching things. Mm -hmm. It's very primal. Even if you're just punching a, a, a heavy bag. You put on a pair of gloves and you have someone teach you how to do it properly and punching a heavy bag can be really cathartic. You can think about whoever you want, the, 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 the person who cut you off in traffic, your boss, your whatever, mm -hmm. and just bang, 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 punching away. And then you'll enjoy it so much, I can almost guarantee you, three months later, six months later, you're going to say, can I get in the ring with somebody? Mm -hmm. And you'll get into a boxing ring with someone else who's going to punch you. Mm -hmm. And it'll be terrifying because there's nothing that focuses your attention more than someone else who wants to punch you in the face. Mm -hmm. And they'll, if, if it's a good gym, they'll do what's called half speed. You'll be in there with the trainer and they'll just tap you kind of thing. And you can punch them as hard as you want kind of stuff. And it's so much fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I can see. I can see that. But you can even take it back to it, its simplest form um, than that initially with women, especially with women. And that's just using your voice. Yes, absolutely. That's going to a women's defense class and literally practicing oh, yeah. screaming yep. at someone yep. and shouting and, and all that. Using your voices, for me, for me, that would be huge even before I started using my body against someone. I used to uh, teach a women's self-defense class and the women just loved beating me up. I, I, I'd have full gear on, full headgear, crotch gear and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and teaching them the screaming and the kicking and all that yep. kind of stuff. And they had so much fun. They they got, you could feel the excitement in the room when I put on the gear. It was like, I get to kick Sean in the nuts. Yep. You know? <laughs> yep. And that's, and my, that's what my friend Giddy used to say, Melissa, just, I know you're not going to do martial arts, but just come and do the women's self-defense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, remember that story about the little girl who was selling uh, water outside, and, and the lady from and, the police, and the white woman called the police. Oh, she supposedly said she fake pretended. Called the police. She, mm -hmm. Well, it turns out I don't know if we said it during that story. The little girl was trying to raise money so her and her brother could go to Disneyland. Okay. So she was selling water, hot street corner outside the apartment building. Doesn't matter that he said she said whether they were yelling or whatever it was. It was a little girl trying to make some money. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jonathan Brannon, Brannon Music. I have no idea who, who she is. Let's do a GoFundMe for her. Uh, go on. This guy, Jonathan Brannon, found out my daughter was selling bottles of water to go to Disneyland. He bought her four tickets to Disneyland. Um, who said, is this man, sorry? Jonathan Brannon. Brannon Music on Twitter, at Brannon Music. Oh. He said, uh, hi, I purchased, and this is, he posted this on Twitter. Hi, I purchased four adult tickets. Purchased four adult peak tickets, and that's like 120 bucks a person. Okay. No need to worry about age or day. Like to send the gift receipt via email that her mom will be able to access the tickets from. DM me an email address, and I'll send it over right away. And he, he posts a, 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 a picture of the the receipt that he got. So, Jonathan Brandon, you've done a good thing. Mate. Oh, that's awesome. Speaking of awesome. We have said before that we are um, going to be in Lisbon, Portugal for a photography workshop. Starting Point Photography is going to be doing uh, teaching. This is the idea of what I call photo tourism. Going on a vacation that you're going to go on anyway, but you go with a professional photographer who then teaches you how to take better pictures. Um, for half the time. So the idea is that, for example, on Monday morning, we're going to do a class. And then we're going to go out and shoot for a couple hours. And then at one o'clock, you will go off and do yourself. 
do, do whatever you want to do. You can go to a museum, you can go to the beach, you can go shopping, whatever you want. And we'll do that for four days out of these seven. We're going to have a blast. March 23rd to 30th, no tourists. So there'll be a lot fewer tourists, a lot warmer right now. In Florence and Lisbon, which Melissa and I will be in Florence in the week before. Right now in Florence, and we know a couple of friends who are there, it's 35 degrees. Or for our American friends, low 90s. It's stinking hot. hot. Yeah. Not only is it stinking hot right now in, in Europe, it's, it's packed full of, full of tourists. And you know we don't like people. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's right. we but we'll love you in we, Lisbon. Exactly. We, we, because we, promise. we just, yes, <laughs> we're very nice. So right now I'm looking at hotels and I just, and Melissa found this one. So we're looking at a list of hotels on Google. And Google, you can pick an area and say, search around here and search for hotels. So it pops up a list of hotels. I think the name attracted you and you said, what's that one? Well, the one that you picked and the one I'm hoping we get is Hotel Convento del Salvador. It's a former convent. Mm. So right? you really do want this oh, one? Absolutely. If you, oh, absolutely. It's okay. beautiful. It is so beautiful. Uh, and that feeling it would have. If you're interested, do a search for Conve uh, Salvador Convent Lisbon. It will come up. It's at, the website is conventosalvador.pt. PT is obviously Portugal's um, domain name. The, it's really, really pretty. Um, it looks just utterly lovely. Fairly inexpensive. I, I think the I'm, I'm going to say I'm guessing. I think it's a hundred to hundred and thirty bucks U.S. somewhere in that. That's my my budget for for this. Um, it's in the, the heart of the the city, an area called the Alfama, which is the oldest area of by Lisbon. the river down near the it's river. It's down really really down down by the river. Um, they've got a bar, like a lounge. They've got a whole bunch of things there. You can get there easily from the airport, uh, either by cab or public transit. Um, and that in and of itself is a ph photographic opportunity, the old building itself. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's very close. Uh, I think, I think the, uh, the famous Tram 28 goes right by the hotel or within a couple minutes walk. Perfect. The, uh, the uh, St. George uh, Castle up on the hill is also very easy to get to, but Tram 28 goes up to the castle. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. it does. Uh, so all the things that we want to do are in, in this general area. So fingers crossed. I've already sent an email off to the folks at Convento Salvador asking them uh, if we can get uh, rooms there in, Ooh, that's uh, in March. that's exciting. March 23rd to March 30th in Lisbon. We've already heard from someone today. We won't say his name until it's confirmed, but we've got maybe our first couple will, will be joining us. So and they're actually going to be there the day before. Oh. I'm going to show up the day before, oh. and uh, so they can just wander around oh, lovely. For, the, for, for the day. You and I won't be able to do that because we, we'll, we're not leaving Florence until the Saturday morning. But it's going to be a lot, of, a lot of fun. If you want more information, go to startingpointphotography.com or send me an email to sean at yourmaclifeshow.com. It's still quite a ways away, but uh, this is going to be a great trip, and I'm really hoping we can get a whole bunch of people to come with us because we're going we're gonna to have a lot of fun, if nothing else. And we'll definitely do at least one episode of Don't Listen to Us while we're there. We'll try. We'll, no, no, we'll definitely do it. Yeah, we might be out and about or doing it from somewhere. No, I think we would do it like like in the hotel bar and we'll have an audience. Oh. People will laugh and applaud. <laughs> oh, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sean's Fantasyland. DLTU, perform for a live studio audience. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. Well, okay. Yeah, right. We could have a... No, well, we could interview people. You exactly. Know, this is Dave here with us, blah, blah, blah. That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, folks, until next week, uh, as always, thank you very much for not listening to us. Don't listen to us. Still, I still can't get a good ending. You gotta, 
just, I just, I've been working on it. Thank working. you for not listening to us. Th- thank you for not listening to us. I'm John King. <laughs> I'm Melissa King. See ya. Bye.